Hello, my name is John Tonsi, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm Joel Simpson, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Today we're going to be interviewing Andrew Hart and hearing his story. Tell us how you started coming to Indianola First. Well, I started at First Assembly. I was actually at First Assembly uh, in my real early years. Um, I would say near middle school years and through high school. And I was actually one of Pastor Barry's original youth group uh, students. And um, so, yeah, that's I've been there a long time. Now, this last stint, this this recent stint here that I'm that we're in, I uh, started about a year or so ago, and it was a uh, conversation with one of the pastors, and uh, we decided that we needed to be back there. So through some prayer and and some conversation, uh, that was the decision we made. So we've been about one full year. And so, uh, are you involved with any areas or anything you've helped out with, or kind of what's that journey been like? I would say I just made it known that in the beginning that uh, that I was available. Uh, I've got three young children, so it can't always be perfectly structured, right? Life is just uh, has to be flexible. But Pastor Barry and and this the staff know that that I am available. Um, when thing you know if if things are in a pinch or 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 not, I can I could be there. Usually, I've got a flexible schedule, so. Um, but yeah, I've, I've become involved just, uh, in a helping, uh, however I can assist, um, not necessarily in a highly structured role, but available. Where, uh, where do you normally sit on Sundays? I sit in the middle section or left middle section, however that looks towards the back. Not, not a front row guy, not a front row guy. No. So I like to kind of blend in with the back row. That's all right. We need somebody in the back row. It's good. Good. To, we got to fill those seats. So tell us about uh, where you grew up. I'm I'm a local, uh, originally from this area or nearby this area. My whole life, uh, pretty pretty basic childhood. But yeah, I've always been near the area. So then you go to high school in Indianola, yeah. then or yeah, I went to high school in Indianola. I graduated. Well, that's good. that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. really yeah. good. Did you go to college? I went to Simpson for four years and graduated. So you really just stuck to Indianola. Stuck around. I tell you, uh, probably I had opportunities to go other places, whether to play football or pursue just academics. And it just made sense to stay here because I had really good relationships with people, uh, both personally and professionally. And I just had a lot of opportunity. And sometimes those opportunities and those relationships they just they just make sense and and you have to weigh those options you have to you know really do some some praying on those and and decide you know what's the best fit and so I chose to stay here and it was a financial decision as well from uh from the whole picture you know we just uh, it just made sense it was a good fit to stay here and, and focus and work I worked the whole entire time I went to school so it made sense and so now you you live uh, just east of town, right? Yep. South of 92. The sun shines a little bit brighter down here because we're closer to the equator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that how it is? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Up north where I'm at, it's pretty uh, 
it's pretty cold up there. Um, how long real, you been? Real dull. Real <laughs> really, dull yeah. up there. So how long you've been? How how long you've been at uh, your current place? Uh, 2018, I believe, was the year that we uh, the house was constructed. Uh, we did worked on this with a lot of close friends and acquaintances. We made it all work. So, and God provided. It's uh, it was a God thing. Um, Amen. For sure, it wasn't easy. The process was not easy. But we worked through it. The construction process, um, there was several times of, of doubt. And with any construction project, which I've been around my entire life, um, you know, there, there's battles that you face. And things don't go as oh, planned. Yeah. Just, just like life, you know. it's Oh, yeah. If you want to test your marriage and test your relationships, build a house, you know. So, but we, we could elaborate on that for hours if we wanted to. Well, let's let's move on from that one, though, and we'll go. Uh, tell us about your family. My my wife and I have been married since 2012. I remembered the the year. That's so. that's a major thing to remember. Then I've got three children: seven, three, and two. Uh, two boys and a girl, and um, they're all special in their own. They're all neat kids in their own way, and they've all been designed to, differently. They're all different. They're all very special, so they keep us really busy. Oh yeah, and those are busy ages, and uh, it's it's cool that uh, with what you do, you get to spend a lot of time with them. Yes, that's, that's special. Well, how did you meet your wife? Met at actually met at Simpson College, and uh, so it was a good thing you stuck around. Yeah, it was a good thing. That was good. Yeah, yeah, it sure was. I believe I I. Had a competition with her that if she passed, if she beat me on an exam score, I would take her on a date or take her out to dinner. I don't know how it was phrased. She remembered. I, I really didn't. But anyways, she tied me on the exam. We got the top scores in the class, and she tied me. And uh, so we went out for dinner. So you guys are competitive. Very competitive, yes. I, I would say, like... If I were to tell my wife, hey, if you beat me on this exam, I will take you on a date, I would fail that exam miserably. Like, <laughs> I would have skipped a few questions. <laughs> uh, no, that's fun. That's a fun story. So, um, I've never won since. You know, never. So not, just don't even try anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, beat me on that exam, and I just know where I stand. So. Yep, it was all for the for the good. That's awesome. So, what do you do for a living? I, I know I kind of mentioned that, and I know a little bit about yeah. it, but kind of share share a little bit about what you do. Mainly, uh, been self employed, and and uh, I started out young when I was just doing pretty much odds and ends and anything, and then landscaping and and some of that, some mowing and and things like that along those lines. A lot of service related stuff, and. Uh, but always kind of ran my own gig, did that for years. And then I would say, well, two or three years ago, I really hit a pivotal moment in my life where um, I started to have real debilitating back pain. And I I really came to the conclusion that God was trying to wake me up and tell me that I kind of needed to, to back off and, and reprioritize. And so now I've, I've been more involved in businesses that I can be, uh, remotely involved in and, um, 
investments. I uh, a lot of involved in the self storage business. Um, so things that I'm not actively always involved in. Though some I do, but not all of it. And then I also do a little construction management. Um, but it's really allowed me to be used by God with that flexibility. I can be available as a husband and a father and invest in people. And that's that's awesome. Yeah. So. So with that, I mean, it was not easy to realize that a surgeon told you that if you continued the road you were going on, that you would be, um, you know, dist- your, your body would be, you know, it, it had already, it had already experienced enough damage and, and it was, um, it, it's not something that we can take lightly, you know, our, our bodies, we get one, you know, so, but I, I really, it, it really woke me up and helped me to prioritize and. And so, but so now I'm, I'm in a relaxed role that I can be available really anytime I need to be, which is really an awesome place to be. Tell us more about kind of how you worked through that, um, that kind of injury or uh, back issue and kind of how God's worked through. Cause I mean, you know, being really active, you know, and I'm a very active person trying to slow down. That's, that's tough. Kind of not just mentally, or not just physically, but mentally as well. Yeah, I would say the the pain side was was tough to manage uh but i would tell you in any struggle you have in life i think it's i don't think it i know it it's critical that you surround yourself with people who can hold you accountable and that you can have close relationships and in order for relationships to be effective you have to be transparent and that takes vulnerability to build trust and and i think that's what we lack in america today is that we we have these relationships, but we're, we're almost afraid to share, Hey, my back is a mess, you know? And, and I think we're afraid to share our pain and our weaknesses. And I, I think as Christians, we, we definitely as Christians need to, uh, to really, to really focus on, I would say what that forced me to do was shake the pride off, you know, and just say, Hey, I I need help or I can't do it on my own. You know, they say, you know, happiness is a, is a momentary thing, you know, where joy is eternal, you know, and, and so yeah, back pain hurts, right? But we're, we will go through suffering. It's, it's, it's a guarantee, you know, so how we deal with it and, um, you know, surrounding ourselves with people who can build us up and not tear us down is really critical in this walk. So I would say, yes, as I went through that back, it really opened up my eyes to, um, you know, where my true support comes from. And it developed those relationships even deeper. So it was not easy. I would tell you, I mean, it was not easy. And, uh, but now I feel I am pain-free now after a surgery last fall, uh, late winter, I am, I am pain-free and, uh, I've just choose wisely, do daily exercises, stretching, just trying not to, uh, trying to take care of my health. That's incredible. And, you know, and sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, but I can be a little thick-headed, and sometimes, you know, God has to get our attention pretty, uh, uh, pretty strongly to, you know, to to uh, get us to pay attention. Absolutely, yeah, and it and it hurts, you know. It's uh, as I've said it before. Um, I know we've had discussions in the past here, but we really learned two ways, and that's through either listening, and that requires us to not have too much noise and too much clutter in our life. To listen, to really listen to God and say, hey, I'm, I'm in this situation, but when you're so busy that you can't even hear the things that are happening right in front of you, 
you're not going to learn by listening. So what? how else do we get your attention? How else does a person get your attention? How else does God? And I mean, I really feel like you, you get hurt. I mean, you, you, you push it too hard, and, and mom and dad tell you, hey, kid, don't go across, you know, don't go chasing the ball through there because there's a, you know, there's a thorn bush, per se, you know. Well, if you don't listen, you hit the thorn bushes, right? So I don't know. I just, that's kind of been my thought process along the way is like, I'd rather listen to really just kind of think through things and listen and pray about it. You know, pain is not a fun way to learn, so. And that, that is good. Uh, yeah. Going through that and, and like, you know, for me, I think God pushes me like financially. Um, cause you know, we, uh, we all have our moments that we just don't listen and, and God really like hits me financially and like shows me like, Hey, you haven't been praying about this. And then like, I'll turn around and start praying about something. And God's like, yeah, there you go. You know, so I can understand that how, I mean, it, it happens differently for everyone. And yeah, that's amazing. So tell us uh, about your testimony. How did you, uh, how'd you come to know the Lord? Uh, I was actually been either 11 or 12 years old that I was involved in First Assembly. And it was at a Royal Ranger retreat that I made my initial commitment and raised my hand, you know, and then I didn't, maybe didn't know fully what I was doing, but, uh, but I knew it was, it was where I needed to, you know, I, I knew that, that God loved me, you know, and that, uh, nothing else mattered at that time. And so, and, you know, there's been times where I've obviously, you know, been, been away and come back, but, uh, but that was the, that was the real commitment, you know, back then, uh, was the initial commitment. I guess kind of would, would shift topics a little bit here. What do you do for fun? Yeah, let me think on that for just a few minutes. <laughs> do you not do you have, have fun? Do you have three kids under seven? <laughs> uh, All right, let, let me, me read. Uh, let's, look, let's think about this for just a few minutes. We'll get back to you on this. Uh, I would say, you know, I'd like to, I do like to lift weights. Um, I would say it's both a stress relief, and I'm, I'm talking not, these massive weights anymore that I used to enjoy lifting. You know, I used to like to lift heavy and hard, but I still like to lift and just kind of as a stress relief, um, a health thing, you know, and I think, I think there's some enjoyment to that for sure. I mean, uh, it, it may not be, you know, enjoyment's relative, you know, on what you enjoy to do, but that, and, and I like to, my dad and I hunt and fish a little bit together and I fish with my, one of, one of my kids uh, is old enough to do that. And so, I really enjoy fishing. I like to take take other people with me too, you know, and kind of just really more of a bonding time. Those are probably the key things. What about uh, you know family activities? You know, you know, I know it's tough with with young kids and different things, but uh, you know they like to go and and do different things. Are there any any uh, you know family vacations or specific activities you guys like doing together? What are your kids into? Or um, I've got a boy that does. The one boy's involved in some activities, but he likes sports, and he's really, uh, really strong-willed and enjoys to to uh, improve and get better and, and compete, you know. And so we he does some sporting things, and and we really enjoy that. And he he enjoys that, and it and it keeps him focused and and gives him goals. As a family, I would say we like to 
we'll go to parks here and there and we'll travel distances and go to parks we also this past year um well we have a camper so it's kind of our plan to we do like to travel and they're finally getting to the age that i think we're going to explore that a little bit more and try to see some parks i would say you know within a reasonable distance you know keep it manageable but so we like to be outdoors you know and we would travel over around red rock on a weekend and go over to uh pella and explore a little bit and um you know just, we really like to be outdoors and enjoy the we're, we're really uh we limit uh we don't do a whole lot with uh at home indoors if it's nice outside you know i uh I, so i love being outdoors too and and uh, growing up you know i grew up locally here too and and i always wanted to get away so i was kind of like the opposite i'm like i want out of here and i didn't get very far i'm here i am uh back but uh a friend of mine you know really uh, we were driving back from church camp one time together and he uh he just like isn't iowa beautiful and i just remember thinking i have never thought about iowa as beautiful like it's never you know and ever since then it's really challenged me to look differently and I've been able to see the beauty that is here and really enjoy that and appreciate that and the opportunities that we do have to go out and explore a lot of the outdoor activities we have in Iowa uh, and, and the beauty that is Iowa. And so it's, uh, it's something to embrace, you know, because it, there is a ton of beauty here. And if you just take it in and uh, I tell you what, similar, you were talking earlier about, you know, your view out your back window I'll tell you, I sit for hours and stare out my back window. I love the view out my back window. <laughs> the view out your back window is my house. I'm growing a tree to block that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never really, uh, I mean, growing up, we grew up in town. And you didn't really think about, like, how beautiful, you know, Iowa is. or And then it... it Several years ago, my wife and I decided that it was our goal to move to the country. And and that was the reason why is because we kind of got out and we were like, man, it, it, it is beautiful. Like you look at this and you like you can see the hills. You can see, you know, even the cornfields like, man, they look good sometimes, you know. And you get away from all the houses and the buildings and then you can really see it. Well, let's move on from the beauty of Iowa. And what's what's something that you are proud of? That's a that's a tough one. I've always I've always been a uh, pride's always been a thing that I've always tried to keep in check. Uh, so I to really talk about to be proud is a really hard one for me. I would say when I say prideful, I would say that I'm thankful. Um, Everything that I've had as far as success in business, personal in business, it's, uh, I would say I'm just uh, thankful to God for it, and I give him the glory. And um, I would say I'm just proud of who God is, you know, and, and what he's done. Um, I think we walk a really fine line here on, on earth that it's not about us. And so I try to keep that focus. Um I hard to answer that question, but not really hard because God God gave it to me, right? He provided me with talents, He provided me with skills, and so I'm so thankful for that. But just I would just say, you know, anything I have, and my kids is my kids, and and my wife, and uh, my parents, and my family, and <clears throat> sisters, and I mean, thank you, you know, thank you, God, and and I'm so proud of what that's become, 
you know, and, and it's not by my, my might and my strength, but, uh, he's made it all possible. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of my, you know, I love my family and I'm proud of what they do, you know, but yeah. So you mentioned, you know, a lot of different family and friends relationships been a consistent thing. And so tell us a little bit more, maybe some stories around, you know, how your family or friends or community have really helped shaped your faith journey. I would say anytime my back's been against the wall, um, with real trials, I've had people in my life that gave me some fairly clear and concise answers. And that probably saved a lot of, I would say, misguided steps, some irrational, um, emotional, uh, just say emotional, um, damage, you know, like, you know, you, you make an emotional decision and, and it usually doesn't lead to good outcomes. You know, if they're irrational, you know, where you say, you know, like I always, I've had a good friend of mine for years that says sleep on it, you know? Well, it always looks different in the morning. Nighttime, you can be attacked. You can deal with some really tough times at nighttime. Oh, yeah. So so I will say that, you know, these people have come around me and sent clear and concise things that, you know, it's, uh, there was a time there for a while I was pushing really hard and I, again, I, I was trying to control everything and that day, I really started praying pretty hard. I said, I don't understand why I'm working so hard and I'm going backwards. And I fought it on my own for quite a while, and I prayed and listened and read and so on and so forth. That day, I, would, I, I, I don't think I'm over-exaggerating, but four to five times the word surrender was provided to me. And I knew at that point that I needed to give up the reins. You know, it's like, Andrew, how long are you going to push this hard and just wear yourself down? And this is not what I've called you to do. So, but the word surrender, I mean, audibly was told by a couple people, told to me, audibly, out loud. And I thought, if this isn't God, then I don't know what is, right? And then I listened to a message that same morning. I listened to a, a minister every single morning. I miss occasionally, but I listen to a sermon almost every day I have for years. Surrender. Are you fully surrendered that morning? I thought, woo. <laughs> I thought, woo. You know, and so I think that's, but it's a, it's a, it's a constant check thing. You know, if you have a medical condition where you need to check daily, it's, you know, like we say, like a, we heard this last week in, in a message, but we need to calibrate ourselves. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but. If it means calling that friend, which I have a few of those guys, call them and say, hey, am I prideful in this area? Is, what do I need? You know, and, and, and pray together and talk about it. And uh, we need to calibrate ourselves. We need to check things out every once in a while. Because if you go at it alone, you'll flounder. You will, you, it will not turn into good things. And so I just say that from personal experience. And uh, don't grip too, high to, too hard to that wheel. Because it... It'll wear you out. It will wear you out. But I, I would go back to those relationships, and I just remember that audibly, that word surrender. There's been other times where I've said, well, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. And, and uh, this gentleman told me, you know, this is his plan for you. And he knew it. So I just had to hear it from a believer that, that knew where I was at at that time. So I've had a lot of things happen like that, and, and I'm so thankful for those relationships. 
We need them. We really do. And if, if, if you're listening to this right now and, and you, you have doubt, get in the word and surround yourself with people who can build you up. Encouragement. It's critical. Amen. I mean, that's a good word. And I mean, surrender and relationships, uh, they're so, so important to, to all of us in, in our walk. And I can totally relate to the surrender piece and struggling to let go of the wheel at times. God's gotten a hold of me on that too. So uh, what's one thing that you've always wanted to do but haven't done yet? So a few, I'd say it's been four, four or five years ago. I had a, I kind of, I've always wanted to build a cabin with my own hands out in the woods. That doesn't necessarily have to be in the, I always dreamt of living remotely. Like I, I've read a lot of stories and blogs and, you know, far wilderness areas, Montana, Alaska, that, that stuff intrigues me. But again, I know we're not designed to, to walk completely alone. So that's kind of what, that that thinking has always told me, well, I'd like to do that on a smaller scale, maybe more local scale. And what I say by that is I say, I'd like to build a cabin with my own hands. I'd like it to be somewhat remote, you know. But over the past three or four years, I've really kind of come to an idea of that I'd like to use it as a ministry tool. Again, and I and I don't need to even have, I don't need attachment to it. And I could go into that too. But I really think that, you know, it's critical that... Uh, the whole goal is to share it with nothing in return. So, and, and who needs to who needs to have a place like this to go to? I'm talking about you know some complete solitude, unplug, turn the the social media off, really just leave society for a little while and just engage with family and close, um, you know, your close acquaintances or maybe just yourself and God, you know. But get away, and I think there's a particular need for leaders and churches that are experiencing maybe some burnout, um, some fatigue, and I'd really like to provide that space. Again, when I say I, I'm guarded in that. I say, God, if God has a plan for that, I think it'll really come to fruition. And I w- I'm ready to hand the keys over and say, hey, you need that place? Here it is. And and I think, I think the benefits that could come from people just unplugging and just kept reconnecting with their family and their friends, and God. I wish it could be on a, a grand global scale that people could just just, dis- just disconnect with, with things that aren't real. You know, disconnect with the world that, that leads to disappointment and just build back the foundation. You know, theories that we're really lacking in right now or, or we're too busy to focus on, you know. And that sometimes that could just be, maybe it's a father and a daughter or son that just need to, just need a good hug and need to catch a fish and need to pray together. I it, it, I don't know I don't know it. And God knows what that is, but I just think there's a need for people to get back to that. And so that's been a goal of a goal that's been kind of placed on my heart and I think I I know that it'll happen. It's just a matter of time and then how it how it looks, you know, and how it shapes. So yeah, um so that reminds me of a story here that uh Elizabeth, my wife, uh, several years ago, she got on and rented a cabin for us. And she was like, we're just going to go. It'll be the weekend. And at the time, I really didn't want to go. And I was like, but, you know, we we took the kids. We went out to this cabin. And um, it ended up being on this small lake. And there is me, 
Elizabeth and our three daughters in this cabin. It's a one room cabin and it had two beds that we ended up sliding together so we could all sleep on this bed. And our phones did not work out there at all. And we get there and the kids are like, mom, we have no internet. What? And, and it was like, well, that's good. Like, it's fine. But it ended up being like an amazing experience. We all, we got to unplug from everything. Um, at the time, like work was overwhelming me and I got to just get away from that and spend that time with my family. And it, yeah, it ended up being one of the most memorable experiences that we have had. I, w- I would say like, if you're going to do it, like, yeah, I mean, you can definitely affect some people and let them grow together with that. Yeah, that's an incredible dream. You know, and I, I think about like men's retreats, you know, or women's retreats or couples retreats. And I mean, like, so many use cases, so many ways God can use something like that. So I think that's an incredible dream that he's put on your heart. And uh, I think you would find a lot of support. I really do truly think that uh, it'd be booked nonstop with people who just have a need to to just reset and said, just reconnect and reset. You'd call it the surrender cabin. (laughs) Could we sure could. Yep. We could. What's your, what's your favorite uh, Bible verse or passage? I don't know that I have a favorite per se. Just one favorite. Um, I read through the Psalms a lot and just, uh, I'm not a purely numbers guy as far as the, the verses, but, uh, to, to you know, it says in the word there that to just be still and know that I am God. Just to be still to know that I am God is just uh, God is bigger than anything, you know, and mm. never changes. We change, you know, we change, and uh, but just to be still and know that He's a rock and He's all we need. Um, that just that that verse. But I I read through the Psalms a lot, especially when I. You know, when we when we go through battles or we have times of, of questioning, uh, I've really been blessed by the Psalms. Amen. Yeah, me too. And and you know, and, and one thing that's interesting and it changed my whole perspective, but how many times Psalms is quoted in the New Testament? You know, and, and we think about it as a hey, those are just prayers or songs or whatever, but no, I mean even Jesus talked about fulfilling the Psalms. And so it's prophecy. It's it's you know, and, and I think it really um it speaks to our emotions, it speaks to our hearts in a way um, that just connects at a deeper level. And so I, I, I it's awesome. I, I relate to that a lot. What was your first job? First job? I don't think I've ever worked a real job. But say, I applied to a place when I was like 14, and uh, they didn't necessarily turn me down, but they hired somebody else. And that just really lit a fire for me in life. Still... Still a fire. I wouldn't say it's a fire of bitterness anymore. It just really motivated me, you know. But I, on that journey home, I was on a bike. In fact, not even 16. Uh, the bike was moving really fast on the way home. I was upset, I think, because I'd find out, found out I didn't get the job. And I picked up a couple mowing jobs on the way home. I was highly motivated at that time, you know. You know, when you're disappointed, you either, you got two options, either, either, you know, fight back or you, you know what I mean? Or, or you just settle. And so I was ready to, I was ready to achieve, you know? So I'm like, well, I'm either going to move forward or, or just stop. Right. So 
anyways, I got a couple jobs and, and that was, that was history, you know, so wasn't necessarily a, again, it wasn't my plan. It just worked out that way. Good people too, by the way, you know, that people that kind of helped me to shape my life were the first ones I ever worked for. So they gave me a chance. What about your first car? I had a 1982 Ford Granada. Oh, it was a joy. I think it'd take about three hours for the choke to come off. <laughs> get to an intersection in winter, and you might as well just tell everybody, get your strobe light going, because you're going to go right through that intersection. Yeah. <laughs> you're holding on the brake, and those tires are just, you know. The choke never would shut off. I mean, it was just incredible. Those chokes just stayed on forever. I thought, is it going to warm up? I'd have to leave the car running all day just for the choke to go off, you know? But, yeah, it did push you into curbs, and luckily I didn't get pushed in any of the cars, but the choke would never go off. Uh, I also had, so right about the same time, I had an 82 Toyota pickup that was on 35-inch tires and really did well in the mud. What's that? What's that mud road down south of town? What's that called? Monkey that Run. It's called or? Monkey Run. I yeah. never hit that. <laughs> never hit that one. But I uh, went out to my grandpa's and almost got disowned over that. But the thing really <laughs> crawled, you know. So we really pushed its limits. But yeah, it's uh, so I had a lot of fun with that. But then I had that that Granada, uh, that Ford Granada, which you don't see any of those anymore. But I think they, I just kind of owned them about the same. I bought them about the same time, but either one of them were were not. Uh, at the time, were a, a, a hot, you know, an investment. Yeah. But now looking back on it, they were, you know, it's all investing and and uh, you know, like your first car. It seems like a when you're when you're 16 and 500 dollars is 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 a big deal, you know. So I cared about them, I you know. So, but investment and that type of thing and price is relative to who you are. So, but at the time, it was a is a really big deal, you know. Yeah. Whether the car costs 200 or you know, two hundred dollars or twenty thousand. It was a it was a big deal. So, but I, so I took care of them. Tried to do the best that I could to take care of what I had because I didn't. They weren't brand new vehicles by any means. But you've gotten into some classic cars now, right? Yeah, yeah. I do have a couple of my own, and then my dad acquired one way back when that I've been around my whole life. I've got a '57 Chevrolet car, and then a early 60s willie's wagon jeep that has quite a story and then dad has a uh, defender land rover that's from the 60s so but i've been around that thing since i was a little tiny kid but yeah we enjoy those and we enjoy again it's it's not my life it's not my purpose but they're they're fun so uh, skydiving yes or no would you jump out of a plane yeah i would I'm not afraid of risk as long as I can calculate it just a little bit, which I guess I'd have to know how many times the guy who's, <laughs> who's wrapped that shoot before he knows what he's doing or not. Oh, my. So what, is, uh, what would you say the most daring thing you've ever done? Uh, daring thing. I would say if it's just, just like daredevilish, I mean, not, not taking risk with, you know. I did... Well, when they used to have those cliffs at Red Rock, I used to jump off those on a pretty regular basis, and didn't really have much fear of doing that kind of thing. I mean, if that's that was probably one of the more daredevilish things I did, which uh, now it's highly illegal, I believe. But we did a lot of that, you know, when it was when it was okay, you know, and and uh, took a little took a little courage to do that. But outside of that, I don't know. Uh, 
daring thing, yeah. Done some crazy things. I don't know about daring. I'm not crazy, daring. I don't know. <laughs> some people might define them the same, you know. <laughs> yeah. I I bring up this story. My my uh, sister and I, when she was, uh, she probably was 16, maybe, maybe 17, and I was 14. And my grandfather lives in South Arkansas. It's a long ways away. It's right near the Louisiana line. And uh, we went down there, 14 and whatever, 16. 13 and 16 it's it's kind of irrelevant but it's not but just to think about kids that we did that on our own we drove down there and back back when we were young and i thought now i even ask my parents today i said can you imagine today you know like this like i'm thinking about 13 year olds today and 15, 16 year olds thinking i don't think you can trust them to go to walmart and back you know some of these kids but you really can't <laughs> Oh, I give my parents a hard time all the time about like, you know what you used to let us do? And they're freaking out about what my kids are doing, right? You know, we went 1400 miles. We got pulled over for making a legal U-turn. We did blew a tire and state patrolman. He, he, he questioned, what are you two doing this far from home out here on the side of the interstate changing a tire? And I didn't even have facial hair. You know, we're talking young people. It's uh so it, you know, just thinking about stuff like that, you call it daring or crazy. And and I did another trip like that with a buddy later on. We were gone for a while on the East Coast and uh, traveled the whole East Coast and slept in a car. I mean, we were we were really roughing it, you know. But just to think today, like I still think about that trip with my sister and think, what were we doing? But we had a good time. We made it, you yeah, know. But yeah. It's uh, but it was I don't probably fifteen hundred miles total. Hmm. Yeah, you know you're in. You look funny when the state patrolman asks you what you're doing and why you're there. All right, we'll ask you one last question. All right, what would you sing at karaoke night? That might be a really tough one. Or what do you? Maybe a different way to word it. Uh, what do you sing the loudest when you're driving in the car by yourself? What song? And can you tell us how that goes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want a performance. No, I just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I I know this sounds morbid, but at my funeral, I'd probably listen to Amazing Grace, you know. Uh, there's another song on there, uh, Fight My Battles. Mm, Have you yeah. ever heard that song? That's a good song, yeah. I've played that song a lot in some really tough situations, but Fight My Battles, I've sang that a lot of times, um, and I've recommended it to a lot of people, you know, in t- in times of challenges. So, but there, yeah, there's th- the the song that I would belt out. I probably don't even know the name of it, but I do it and I do it well, you know. You know? <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us today and and uh, sharing sharing your heart with us and sharing some some great stories. It's great to, uh, great to get to know you, Andrew, and talk through it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I I uh, thank you guys and uh, and I would just close with uh, d- just with a. Just with a word of hope in people's hearts, I hope that we can, you know, that that God can continue to work through us, and and uh, just want people to know that uh, that God has a plan for them, and that uh, that hopefully my story will help that, you know, help them to to uh, process that and, and move forward in their own journey, and and not be frustrated and not discouraged, but move forward and glorify Him and what they do, and and that's that's my goal. Amen. Amen. That's, yeah, that's a good word.